to me, the the most efficient way was this this light bulb of an idea that I I feel like maybe I kind of understood the concept of, but uh, snowballing debt was a game changer for me. And some people are aware of it, and some people aren't. And I think that's a that's a pretty good thing to touch on if you're if you're down with us. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gents, boys and girls, people and people, <laughs> to, to another episode of The Truth About Investing, Back to Basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we are going to talk about a continuation on 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 what the next step is. We've spent the last few episodes... Uh, able to talk about spending plans and the B word and getting a good foundation and framework. And now that we know what the foundation looks like, we know why it's important. We know uh, some important mentalities. I think we're really good on, on touching on a lot of the, the philosophy of, of the importance of it and having the mindset right to be able to move forward. Right, and, and even the steps to set up a, a spending plan as well. Right, yeah, absolutely. We we had it where there's uh, the last episode, a couple episodes ago, actually, uh, was the step-by-step of here's exactly how you can do it because I wrote down along with it, alongside Sean here. And uh, this is the step-by-step if you want to walk through it or if you need a more broad spectrum and you want to build it on your own. All of that is available to you. So now that you have all the information in front of you and you've gone, I have taken the time to see where my expenses are, where things are going. Mm-hmm. I am keeping track of things and and I know that it's going to the wrong places. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, and today, one of those things to really help get those those spots under control uh, is is the big thing that people get concerned about and overwhelmed with, and that's debt. And we wanted to talk today about organization for debt maybe some new approaches for it, uh, the, the ability to uh, work on it efficiently. And in a way, actually something that I'm sure I'll, I'll wind up talking about at some point is how you can get it to work for you. And depending on how long we spend on this, I, I might go on a really long tangent about it, but may, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe we'll save that for a different day. Uh, but I wanted to take a quick minute and kind of ask Sean, uh, because he's attached to a microphone and doesn't have an opportunity to run away from me and <laughs> and and reset this if he wants. Because I, I am the editor. Maybe I'll I'll start adding animal noises when when you irritate me. You haven't irritated <laughs> me yet, but then it, it'll never mind. Anyways, uh, I, I'm I'm almost want to try try. I just want to find out what animal noise you're going to attribute to me. <laughs> I don't know either, so don't 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 make me try and pick because I'm just going to be making it up. <laughs> but uh, but with uh, Sean here, I, I wanted to kind of take a minute because I haven't really dug into. Uh, I, I know I know Sean. Uh, I know about uh, his his life and his day to day, and we kind of chat and say, "Hey, how was your week? How are things going with this?" But I haven't asked Sean about kind of his background into getting into the money world and that's something that I touched on with uh, Jamar in the earlier episodes about 
me and uh, where I was at and where my headspace was to kind of hit the reset button on these things. But Sean, I was curious to you, have you, have you always been a, a numbers guy, just like you, you, you popped out and you're like two plus seven or, or like, (laughs) did you have a circumstance like me where you had a point where you're like, no, I need to figure this money stuff out or, or where, where where has your head been forever? <laughs> uh, so yes, I've always been a numbers guy. Okay. Uh, I excelled in mathematics and science throughout, you know, my my education, and was actually looking to pursue something in that field, but didn't know what. And I had a high school teacher that kind of latched onto me and was like, "Hey, you don't know what you want to do with in the science or the maths." And you can never go wrong with a business degree. No matter what you do, you can use a business degree. And so I kind of followed suit on that with him. Uh, furthermore, I, I had taken a couple of business courses from him and loved the, the investing uh, piece that he had us do. My parents also took me to a investing seminar that uh, they were going to attend. What? And that How was, old were you? I was in high school. When you went to this investing seminar that with was, your folks. That, so that, that particular seminar was largely on uh, technical analysis, which we can talk about at a, a later time. Te- technical no, 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 no. How fundamental old were analysis. you? How old was I? Um, 15, maybe? What the hell? I remember the things I was thinking about when I was 15, and it was not that. It was... <laughs> 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 I, I, yeah, it was a combination of those things. And then uh, a local advisor that I ended up talking to, my parents worked with, and I ended up working with her, uh, started my Roth IRA when I was 16. What? Okay. Okay. That's that's super cool. I'm honestly just jealous. I, yeah, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> yep. I feel like I have to like throw you in a dumpster if you weren't bigger than me and more swole than I, but, um, okay, no, that's, that's cool. So, uh, so you, you got that, you got the bug early and, uh, you, you knew that you wanted to go a route of uh, a business degree. Did you, when you were in the business degree portion, is that when you decided that you wanted to run your own business or do you also kind of know that ahead of time or... Uh, so a couple of steps there. First off, uh, when I was getting my business degree, uh, I was at the University of Denver uh, at shooting for a, a BSBA, so Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration. Okay. And the general business courses really kind of bored me to tears. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started shying away from those, you know, take what I had to for the degree, but nothing more. And I had found that I really enjoyed the finance courses, the core curriculum I had taken there so far. I mean, ironically, my, my, the, I would say my favorite course that I took while I was there was actually one of the very first courses. And that was on, um, oh, what's the word for it? Cryptography. Cryptography. Yeah. So okay. coding and code breaking. Oh, Interesting. That was okay. a fascinating course. I love that. Uh, but again, math, it was, it's numbers, it's mathematics. And, but it really didn't align with my business degree. So it was more of an ancillary thing, but the finance courses I had taken 
obviously those I really enjoyed. I mean, it's it's the meeting of math and science with business. That's that's basically what finance is. And so I really started focusing on those and ended up majoring in finance for my undergraduate degree. As far as deciding to start my own business, I actually started working in corporate three days out of college. Um, so I was at the University of Denver for two and a half years, completed my four-year degree, and had all of three days off, went to work at Jackson National Life, actually, in as an intern. Did you have a like a job lined up, like you guys were connected before that, or you, you were just that marketable that you just scooped it up? Uh, so I... It, it happened, I don't know if it was lined up significantly before or not. Uh, it would have been right around the same time that I actually went to interview, same time as when I was wrapping things up. They, I met them at a job fair uh, just a few weeks prior. Cool. Okay. So. What was the first thing they had you doing once you got started in there? Oh, man. I was an intern. I was... Uh, with their market research doing a thing called phone bank, which basically you listen to the externals leave voicemails of uh, their, how their meeting went, and then you type it into their Salesforce software. Okay. It was the most mind-numbing job I've ever had. Right. And I've filed it's... papers for hospitals and clinics in the past, and that was better. Wow. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. You know, I was, I was actually, I only did that for like two months. I was going to ask you to, to expand on exactly what you meant by all that, but it, it just sounds, it just sounds awful. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And then, uh, getting started with that out of the gate, uh, you, you got into kind of a rhythm with that. And then was it while you were doing some of that, that that's when you decided that you'd like to step away and kind of start to run your own business after after experiencing that for a bit or when when did the light bulb go off with that uh so i worked for jackson and their subsidiaries for six years ish okay and for a long time in there i wanted to become an analyst and because uh, I was planning on pursuing the, the CFA designation, which I now have, but at right. the time I did not, which meant to become an analyst, I was basically going to start at the very bottom of the analyst rung and would be taking roughly a 60% pay cut. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was pretty hard to swallow. Um, and at that time, I had just finished my master's degree, also majored in finance or had a finance emphasis, I guess. And my, the group I was with got reorganized, so I went back to work for Jackson instead of their subsidiary and was banging my head against the wall and realizing that the analysts, I mean, to, to pursue the analyst route, if I, if I was going to take that much of a pay cut, I figured why not just bite the bullet, start my own thing. I can still be an analyst. I can still analyze investments, still manage portfolios, except I can do it directly for my clients and cut out all of the middlemen and all of the costs associated with those middlemen. Oh, wow. That's great. That's why I decided to start my own firm. Okay. And and now that you've got that organized, then then cutting out the middleman has has been something that's been extra productive for you then, I would assume, and and 
uh, uh, it's very productive for my clients for for me personally it's just more of a I, I guess having the freedom and also having the the feeling that I I did it the right way okay yeah that totally makes sense that's I I, I think it's admirable I, I haven't realized that that was something that you were able to kind of take on your own shoulders to 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 give back to a client in that way i think that's great yeah i had lots of job offers still do get regular job offers but i i can't justify the uh, the notion of adding back in all those those costs and some of the the controls that they want to throw in there with it so yeah that makes sense so with that all set up and the ability to set up your own business instead of how things are organized uh, then now that you're making your own time then that gives you the opportunity to kind of take care of you i would assume going out and and what do what do you do you like to what 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 are your hobbies do you like long walks on the beach are you are you a are you a hiking man or you I do enjoy stamps? hiking. Yes, no, hiking is a lot of fun, which is why I'm glad I am where I am in terms of you know physical location. My uh, we're right in the foothills of uh, the Cascades, and then we have the Columbia River running right through town, so it's pretty gorgeous from that standpoint. Um, I'd say my other hobbies, though, I love to work out. I'm I'm a gym rat for sure, which doesn't necessarily mean gym from the traditional standpoint. Uh, I work out at home for the most part. I actually recently started working out with my neighbor because he built a gym out of his garage, and that's been a lot of fun, a very new challenge because he has a different workout style than I traditionally do, um, and I've really enjoyed that. Uh, otherwise, I used to love to play soccer, would still love to play soccer. I just am so out of practice that I'm. I think it might be ugly at this point. Yeah, I get that. I totally yeah. understand that. And uh, scuba diving and travel. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that is that is cool. I've never I've never done the scuba. Okay, no, that's not true. Back in my Casa Bonita days, which those of you that have <laughs> <laughs> never been to Denver, you need to go and Google Casa Bonita because that's that's a deal in itself but in my casa bonita days the uh the pool at the bottom of the waterfall that was my scuba time because you had to, you had to take a, a vacuum down to the the bottom of that pool it's 14 feet deep and people just throw nonsense in there all the time it's like money and jewelry and phones and clothes and you get down there with a big old vacuum and you, there's no way you can hold your breath to actually do anything efficient so you got to get on a scuba tank and that's my scuba time, you know, not, not to brag or anything, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my scuba experience. Nice. They didn't have you get certified or anything for, for diving to jump for in there with a what? tank. I was making eight bucks an hour to jump off a 30 foot cliff. You think I was going to have some kind of permit to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> scuba <laughs> certification. I mean, in all fairness, you're 14 feet down. If you, you pop up, it's probably not going to do right. anything to you. Yeah. But. Worst case scenario, you go, <laughs> And that's that's <laughs> still not yeah. good, but like <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And watch this get out to Casa, and they're like, "You've you've spoken terribly of our right, whatever." I don't think they'll care. 
I, well, I've we'll find food, out. They're not going to care. <laughs> right. They need to care about their food before they care about some random dude talking about something that happened 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, cool. You Let's, should get certified, though. You I, would uh, enjoy it. And uh, if, you, if you're comfortable with it, obviously you are. You had to be. Uh, that that's the hardest step is getting comfortable with you know breathing underwater. Well, so I I don't know if you know this or not, but I I'm I'm not directly experienced, but I'm pseudo experienced with it because the the air packs that we use for firefighting is an SCBA, and that's the only difference between an SCBA and scuba is U stands for underwater, so it's a self-contained underwater breathing apparatus as opposed to a self-contained breathing apparatus, and Right. So the the mechanical usage, is that the right word? The the mechanical use, the 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 things that I do with it, <laughs> are are similar. The only huge difference is that rather than sticking the air directly in my mouth, it it's to encase a positive pressure in my mask itself. And I I imagine there are some scuba masks that are that way, uh, but. I, uh, uh, for some of the ice diving, they sometimes will do mm, a full mask. Yeah, that makes sense. So I otherwise, mean, it's typically just the regulator, right? So I'm I'm familiar with a lot of the equipment, and yeah. I, I guess, geez, wow, this is this is not debt stuff at all. But hey, <laughs> whatever. Um, the as it it sounds dumb, but I when I think about going and getting scuba certified. I think about the pressure on my ears yep. because that's just part of it. And I know that there are tricks to work with it. And I guess part of me is just like, that sounds uncomfortable and I don't want to. <laughs> and I'm sure it's not near as big of a deal as, as I'm making it out. Now to you be just equalize as you go down. Yeah. So I'd, I, I'd like to, I imagine I should just suck it up and just try out the, the scuba thing at some point in time. I just haven't quite, gotten it over in my head i'm sure if somebody showed up and was like we're gonna go to get scuba trained today I'd be like yeah all right let's let's just do this <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> i'd do it you know oh man let's can let's get back on track <laughs> how about that let's uh today we're gonna talk about debt and uh how to control your debt and important things with debt and uh by the way have you ever tried scuba diving <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure that's why i listen to these guys the, you know, whatever anyway <laughs> uh yeah so uh how how to how to get started on that uh i i kind of put that let's see what did i put i put uh oh credit okay that's why i put credit so I'm going to give a super coarse, terrible description of what credit is. And if you decide you need to correct me, then you should correct me. And then we'll just move on. <laughs> um, credit and your credit score is a score indicating that you have had debt in the past or currently have debt and are good about paying it or not good about paying it. And the amount that you have and the different accounts that you run and how reliable of a source you are to accept debt and to be able to pay that back and to see how large of an amount they might be willing to offer to you. And that's your credit score. Is that, a, is that enough of a crash course? That's a decent crash course. Yeah, okay. I mean, in the future, we could probably delve into I mean, I've actually Absolutely. broken down how it's, you know, the, the factors that go into it. And it's, it's not an exact breakdown because the credit reporting agencies keep it 
that information proprietary. They don't want you to know exactly right how it works. Uh, but you, we've got some pretty good ideas overall that we right. can we can help people with. So yeah. Well, and we'll actually, I think we have a future episode. I'm looking at our our list of of stuff we want to touch on right now anyway and i think we'll hit that in a in a future episode anyway so i wanted to explain that crash course because when we're talking about debt sometimes that might come up is just your credit and how debt might be affecting your credit or the limits that you're getting in your credit and it's it's just a quick crash course and we can hit the ins and outs on a later date absolutely sweet cool okay so uh when we're looking at the debt that you are accepting that's when you're looking at Anything that's ultimately money that isn't yours, and it is something that you have to pay back. As to different places, they'll they'll organize it for different things. Usually, you will have a low interest rate that's usually consistent, and that's a uh, an auto loan or a home mortgage or something to that effect. Whereas something that might fluctuate and tends to be on the higher side, that's when you're looking at things like credit cards. And uh, maybe the oh, and those those like check into cash type places. Those that's that's where you also get hit with larger interest rates. And uh, personal loans tend to sit somewhere kind of in the middle of of those. Fair. Yep. Crash yeah, coursing. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Yeah. I mean that that's really kind of what I wanted to address is you know once you've put this spending plan together, how do you how do you prioritize it if you're trying to pay off debt if you're trying to uh, start saving what's the the order of operation if you will and the interest rates that you were talking about is absolutely the first thing that you want to address yes 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 because i because i did this <laughs> and and uh i i was not a gifted child at 16 starting a roth ira so i <laughs> i needed to go damn it <laughs> what am i doing <laughs> and uh so i i think to me the the most efficient way was this this light bulb of an idea that i i feel like maybe i kind of understood the concept of but uh snowballing debt was a game changer for me and some people are aware of it and some people aren't and i think that's a that's a pretty good thing to touch on if you're if you're down with us kind of going over that. Yeah, you can run through it if you want. Love it. Cool. So uh, when you are looking at all of your debt, there it's very often that, that it's not all in one place. Or if you have it all in one place, it's because you've consolidated it for one way or, or another. And, and there's usually reason for it. But I'm going to explain exactly what my scenario was and why this works and and that's actually why i was referencing earlier how you can also get debt to work for you in the long run so at the time when i started getting everything organized this was one of the first steps that i had just like we're talking about after we got our expenses organized we were able to look at everything one of the things that we were able to recognize was that we were paying debt on multiple cards I had, uh, I think I had two or three credit cards, and I believe my wife had a couple. We had two car loans and one student debt, all simultaneously. And what would happen is we would owe 150 a month on a car, 300 on the other car, 150 on 
the student loan and then 50 a month on one card and then 150 on another card and and you look at all of it and all you can think is how do i do this which is why this episode is important right and the way that sean's describing these things is identifying what the amounts are identifying what the interest rates are and then now that we are organized and we can see what those amounts are and how much you're paying per month in a way you're you're not changing anything because if you are paycheck to paycheck you're going oh i owe 50 bucks on this card oh i owe this much on this car this month and that's true but now that you're prioritizing things you need to find out where to start and just step one is the hugest thing to get this ball rolling because it's a snowball and the concept of a snowball is you pay the same amount but then you continue to utilize that amount to move forward so if you have two cards and you're only paying 50 bucks a month on each and one of them you owe a hundred dollars and the other one you owe a thousand dollars then when you pay off that first card you're paying a hundred bucks a month total between the two cards and then once you pay off that first card you go hey cool i don't owe 50 bucks a month on this one anymore but you've been getting by just fine paying a hundred dollars a month because you've been paying between those two cards now you're going to continue to pay the same hundred dollars per month but you're going to move that from one card to the other. And now instead of only paying $50 a month on that second card, you're doubling it down and you're doing 100 per month on that card. And you continue to use that as a snowball. And that's what we were really fortunate to do is the first thing that we did was we said, okay, we've got to pay down this card. We happen to have uh, a couple hundred extra dollars from getting our taxes back that year. That's all that we had, but we said, we're going to get organized and get this straightened out. And this is how we're going to do it. And so we paid off that first card and that freed up about 50 bucks a month. So then we took that and we started to pay off the second card at 100 bucks a month versus the 50 that it was at, just like I'm describing. Once we got past that card, suddenly I have an extra $100 a month that it can go towards something. But we've been making that amount every month. We're not paying anything extra than we have been paying to get by. We're just continuing to make progress a lot faster than what we had been in the past. Because when you look at these credit cards, you're right, it has this minimum payment due. And I mm-hmm. I originally had this impression that I was like, oh, well, if I if I just pay my minimum amount due, then eventually, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Eventually, this will go away. <laughs> and, eventually, yes. Right. But at the minimum, it will take a very long time. An incredibly long time. And that's because of the interest rates that sit on these things. Because it... it it's a you owe us this amount and it's usually a god 15 percent uh 25 percent if you have a really bad credit score um but those those amounts they i mean they'll just destroy you and eat you alive especially if, if you continue to put more money on those cards while trying to pay just the minimum exactly and so when and that's that's a great point that was another thing that we needed to do is we needed to stop putting money onto those credit cards now granted when you're paycheck to paycheck and you're trying to organize all this sometimes you're you you still got to find some balance here but all we're trying to shoot for is not have those overdrafts anymore not have a circumstance where you're paying something where it's going to be more expensive because of the interest rate and that's why it's so important to address 
what we did in the first few episodes with the framework of trying to work on getting a month ahead, trying to not spend money until you already have it, trying to uh, allow yourself an, an allotment per day of a certain budgeted amount for your spending money, depending on the, the strategy that you want to do. But if you're recording your expenses, you can see where, you can see how, and then that's how you can move forward on it. So if, if we have this and we're moving forward with it and we know that we are making progress and this snowball continues to grow, it, literally for us, after we were able to pay off a few cards, then what we did was we noticed that the last card had a large amount on it and we were paying, I believe it was 300, maybe 400 a month on this, on this single card that was left. And we knew that at the very least we were still going to owe it was like two grand or something on in our final card but we thought okay how can we take care of this and now that we are aware that we're paying 400 a month rather than whatever that minimum payment is i can go okay this interest rate is here what can i do with this and that's since we're organized since we're looking at expenses since we're looking at what possibilities you have in front of you we were able to say let's go take out a personal loan because that's a different kind of interest rate. And now, even though I'm not paying anything more because they'll give me a lower minimum payment per month, I'm still going to pay 400 per month, but now my interest rate is 9% versus the 15% that was happening on that front. And if you're able to take that and continue to build, eventually we got to a point where we paid off that credit card. And now I've got this car because that's one of the lower interest rates, but it's a large amount to pay off. And mm-hmm. that's, that's how you tend to prioritize these things is that if you have something that's a higher interest rate, go after that first. If you have something yep. that's a high-ish interest rate, so say it's 15% interest rate, but you only owe $100 on it, whereas your 19% interest rate, you, you owe a couple thousand, well, let's get rid of the small 15% one first just because you owe a small amount on it. Otherwise, prior- on that, I would disagree with you. Interesting. Okay. I, I only say that because that's an isolated incident of like $100 for that specific card, just that one. Right. But, yeah. But I, so it, the lower amount from a, a psychological standpoint, yes, it's very nice to pay it off earlier. I, when I say the lower amount with the lower interest rate, it, it's nice to pay it off earlier. It feels good. From a financial standpoint, paying off the highest interest rate first is always the priority. I, I agree. From, from actually crunching the numbers, you want to prioritize these according to the interest rate only. If there is one that has a lower interest rate and a lower amount, it will naturally pay itself off early just by paying the minimum. And that is typically what I recommend is prioritize all of your your debt, your credit cards, your car loans, student loans, personal loans, mortgage, all of that according to the interest rate whatever one is the highest you put all the extra into that all the rest you pay the minimum on and you you put all the extra into the highest interest rate one as soon as that's paid off you roll into the next in that snowball fashion that you were talking about if there are ones that have a a lower balance and you happen to pay them off before you get to them in terms of priority then by all means roll those back into your your payments as well but strictly from a a numbers standpoint, it's best to pay off the highest interest rate first. I agree. I I honestly do. And that's maybe it is more of a psychological thing. And to me in my head, when, 
when I was trying to gather all these things and I've got money that was going everywhere, all I wanted to do was make some kind of progress. And having the isolated card that was maybe $100 that is at a slightly <laughs> lower interest rate, to me, it was more important to me to spend an extra however much money that I needed to just pay off that $100 and get access to the $20 minimum payment per month off of that one to start working for me versus waiting for that one to happen five months from now. And maybe that is a psychological, more instant gratification mm -hmm. thing. But to me, that was, yeah, I think it is very psychological now that I'm saying all this out loud. To me, it was me <laughs> demonstrating that I was taking this seriously and I was making that first level of progress rather than right. going, I will pay this off five months down the road naturally and then getting in my head of, well, what if I can't do this for five months? If I go, I know I'm handling this this month, then that's the first step of it. And that's, it may be a little bit more psychological and not, not to dissect it too far, but. No, the, but there's value in that. There, there yes. is value in getting those little wins along the way. And I completely understand that. Yeah. And that's, so. that's why I wanted to preface that with, if it's a small amount and that's why I'm giving the hundred dollars versus like a high interest, that's you know, a couple thousand dollars, then getting that small win to go, okay, now that I tackled this small thing, I can get this big thing. If, if you're comfy with the numbers and you're just ready to go after it, I think Sean is absolutely right. I think you will ultimately strictly numbers make out better if you let it happen naturally and then you start addressing the interest rates. Uh, but if you need that small win just to get that one in order to start tackling that highest interest rate, because I agree that is the priority. If you need that small win, then then get after it just for that that small one. Um, beyond that, absolutely, getting that first interest rate is the priority, and you work down from that stretch beyond that. And uh, when we were able to do that and we got out of our credit cards and then we had the personal loan for our consolidating the last of the credit cards that was at a lower personal loan rate, then when we paid that off, we finally got to a point that I never thought I would have been at where we were paying my car payments at about $800 a month. And that is the literal demonstration of we did not change our monthly expenses, but that's how much I was paying in minimum payments per month in debt that was continuing to work for me because I, I didn't overstretch. I wasn't picking up extra shifts in order to make this happen, which you can do. But going off of the norm of what we had been doing offered the ability to get to a point where I was paying hundreds per month toward my car payment. Now, if you have somebody that says, I want to get started on this, but I only have one car payment and that's it, that's fine too. This is just a, a tool for if you have lots of debt in front of you and you're making your minimum payments, how you can get that to work for you. And this is, this is a step into that to be able to do so. If you only have the one debt payment, then, hey, you're a, you're a better person than I am because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, was, I was not in that, in that road at the time. And uh, then at that point, that's when you start reorganizing. Can I look at my expenses? And then maybe, maybe this candy I get every month <laughs> that I don't really care about. Maybe maybe I can prioritize that towards going towards whatever the payment is. Wh whatever it is, once you look at all your expenses, you can go, this is more valuable to me. And like like Jamar right. likes to say, what 
not giving up what you want most for what you want now and and realizing everything that's in front of you to be able to prioritize those things is important yeah uh, and and that's that's honestly a simple broad stroke of how my wife and I were able to pay off ooh geez I think it came out to be around 24 grand in about a year and a half uh, wow. by using that approach because nice and work yeah thank you and really nothing nothing changed it was just reorganization and and we still had the the week to week paycheck to paycheck feeling in a way but we were only able to do that by getting reorganized and we were simultaneously working on getting a month ahead so anytime that i got overtime or anytime that uh, there was extra money that came in from somewhere again because we are organized and we have this framework that's when you can go the most important thing is to go towards debt or the most important thing is for me to have this available to get into having next month's income available and finding that balance we did that simultaneously and only would have been able to due to being organized and being aware of where the interest rates are where the problem areas are and how to slowly attack it so along those lines uh i i, I on the uh, prioritization lines i want to address one of the other areas in which you can prioritize this smart spending plan since this is the truth about investing not the truth about debt um <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> and then and then i want to ask you a question too chris because Ooh. there's there's another there's a third priority that you keep kind of tossing out there that i think people will be interested to hear mm-hmm. how that should be prioritized so the the one that i want to address is in regards to investing how do you prioritize investing versus debt payments so as you create this snowball these this extra fund these extra funds that you have on a monthly basis to put towards debt, towards savings, towards investing, how do you prioritize that? We've already talked about the fact that the debt should be prioritized according to interest rate. Yes. The fact of the matter is you can also prioritize investing according to the interest rate. What I mean by that is, and this is kind of a general rule of thumb that I utilize, if your debt is over 8%, So if you're paying over 8% interest, pay it off as fast as possible. Again, prioritized according to the highest interest rate first. If your debt is under 4%, typically I don't necessarily advise people to pay that off any more than the minimum. And here's why. I agree, by the way. A couple of reasons. Okay, good. Glad to hear it. (laughs) Hey, good job. Here's a cookie. Shut up. Well, no. uh, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I mean, there are still reasons for for paying it off. Again, mostly psychological. But there are a couple of reasons for, for not doing so. Number one is in regards to inflation. If you are paying off debt that's 3%, inflation is roughly 3% as well. You're basically paying them back with the exact same purchasing power. That is a, that's a break-even. That's a net, net zero. You're not losing anything per se. Especially if it's a, a mortgage, not that it's as advantageous now because most people are just taking the standard deduction, so the deduction on mortgage interest really isn't relevant for most people at this point. But Focus. <laughs> depending on the taxes, tax situation, um, 
that can potentially be another factor to include when evaluating the the interest on a mortgage and whether or not it should be paid off early or not because that can it used to be that that would be essentially another 1% in your favor roughly more or less that's an interesting point. which is where the 4% comes from so 3% sure. inflation 1% if it's a, an additional 1% if it's a mortgage the other factor that comes into play is effect, essentially leverage or uh, it's not really arbitrage because it's not risk free, but it is leverage. And that is the notion that if I have a thousand dollars at my disposal and I have debt, but I could also invest that thousand dollars. If my debt is three percent, if I put that thousand dollars towards that debt, I save myself thirty dollars. However, if I take that same thousand and I if I can invest it at eight percent, I make eighty dollars. So would you rather save $30 or make 80? That's now that's that, Go ahead. No, I was going to say that's a great point. I I've I feel like I've been aware of that but I haven't thought of it as directly as that. So I, I think that's a really really good point. Honestly. Right. And either way you go with that, it's going to have a compounding effect. The other factor in there though is paying off that debt, saving that $30 in my example is a guaranteed $30 savings. If you're investing it and shooting for an 8% return, that's not guaranteed. So you could make that 80, you know, average year, you know, if you're an aggressive investor, 80 is reasonable for an average, maybe even a little more than that. However, you could make quite a bit more than that, or you could make significantly less than that, or even lose money on it, in which case you've actually compounded the issue and you've lost you know spent 30 on the uh, the one hand for the debt and you've lost money on the thousand that you invested so it, it goes both ways there like i said that's why it's not risk-free this arbitrage if you will it, it is the use of leverage and over the long term the goal is for it to pay off but over the short term there is a fair amount of risk involved. So it's something to consider. But those are that's my rule of thumb. Over eight, pay it off as early as possible. Under four, typically I don't recommend trying to pay that off early. Between four and eight is really kind of a gray area that has to do with how aggressively you're investing, what's appropriate for your risk tolerance and your financial ability to assume risk, and really what your psyche is comfortable with are you the type that prefers just not having debt or are you the type that likes the the potential involved I, in the investing so i i think that's a, a great way to word it uh because the i was going to say psychologically if if you are going through this and you go hey i've i've got this car and it's at three percent and i want to prioritize this and we say well you know you could make this much on on eight percent but you're you're just not quite in that headspace maybe it's because you've got the momentum going what you you've seen that this has been working and you, and you want to keep along with it then then keep along with it and that's why i thought it was great that you mentioned that it's in your psyche say say that you're ready to go oh you know what i'm making this great progress and i'd i'd really like to get the most bang for my buck and and i've got this this great certified financial advisor buddy of mine that I know and he's he's the guy and his name may or may not be Sean 
<laughs> then <laughs> then you know maybe maybe that's the time to do it but but the steps of getting to that point so full disclosure certified financial advisor is not a thing as far as i'm i know just for reference what do you mean what are you talking about you you were i think you're referencing the cfa designation which is actually chartered financial analyst oh have i been just saying it wrong for like ever maybe sounds sounds great chart i thought i'd just disclose that here publicly for everybody to to know you just threw it out well hey everyone uh (laughs) i'm learning too (laughs) chartered financial chartered financial analyst Chartered financial analyst. I, yeah, I mean, I also have the CFP, which is certified financial planner. So I think you're kind of throwing the two together, which is, you know, don't don't spell in front of me. That's <laughs> <laughs> acronyms. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 derailed thinking. Yes, lost track. Uh, if you yeah. want, I can go. We can go back to uh, the question I wanted to pose. To yes. You. So the Please. other the other prioritization here is uh, you know we've talked about the debt we've talked about the investing but there's also this middle ground of savings so it's not necessarily earning you money or if it is it's earning very very little but it's also there as a a buffer when do you prioritize that and I know in your world it's uh, that savings is you consider it um, being a month ahead. And for me, it's a, an emergency fund or you know just cre- creating a, a buffer, if you will. And f- for me, it's not until after you have any of the high interest rate debt paid off. So typically eight or for some people four percent. I don't worry about it until you reach those levels. But w- where is that for you? I. Yep. <sighs> Are you are you asking when do I start putting stuff aside for the month ahead? Is that what your question is? Right. When do you prioritize getting that month ahead versus paying off debt versus investing? Mm, okay. So specific to my example that I was going month to month, and this is just how I approached it. I'm sure there's better ways to go about it, but how I was successful and the way that we approached it was the ability to have the right mindset to move forward but not feel like we were drastically turning our lives upside down to do it. And the reason that's important to me is because if I just had the approach of I'm going to keep going, doing my month to month, I, I want to make baby steps, I want to make these small changes, I'm going to do that by prioritizing this credit card, then that one, then that one. I'm not... I'm not cutting back on my grocery budget in order to pay more towards this thing. I'm just utilizing the snowball approach. So when when approaching it like that, then the changes weren't happening consistently, which made that very approachable. So in doing so, our our day-to-day, our weekly expenses also didn't change that much. So we got organized. We could figure out where all the money was going to our groceries and getting organized with that because we were going, it looks like we're spending about this much in clothes. So we are going to put this much into the clothing category. And that way what it offered was the same thing that we've kind of talked about before is the the strange calm that comes with it because now you know about how much you're spending 
and say you're spending about $100 a month on clothes, then if you go, well, we're overstretching a little bit, let's put $75 a month in here for clothes. And rather than at the end of the month going, oh, we spent $100, now at the start of the month you go, I have $75 for clothes. So I don't know if that answers your question, but the prioritizing for debt versus savings, spending money categories didn't really happen to me because I didn't drastically change how things were being spent in my day-to-day. It was more about keeping on, keeping on how I've been doing and and handling the debt payment without too much of a drastic change to my lifestyle. And once I was recognizing what those expenses were is when I was able to make small adjustments one at a time. And gotcha. to, to get a month ahead, it's just like I was describing. I would get an overtime day. I would get some money that I stumbled into. I would get to the end of the month and go, hey, I put $75 here in clothing and I didn't spend it, so it's going to go towards next month getting ahead. So even though it's minor, this next month I have $75 ahead of the game. And so I allowed everything to happen naturally rather than going, oh, I've got this $75. I'm going to put this into my snowball also. I'm sure mathematically that would have been the smartest thing to do, but it was, for me personally, a little too much psychologically to take on all of these new ideas and reorganizing the absolute best way to do it. I think if you were sitting next to me and said, hey, look at these things that you have, it would be smarter if you put it over here, which is kind of what we're doing now. We're trying to offer people the smartest way to go about doing it. And uh, really for me, I, I worry that if I was in that circumstance and somebody said, hey, you should take that $75 and put it towards your snowball rather than have it available for clothes next month, I think I might have been a little overwhelmed by it personally because psychologically I would have liked to have that available for this next month because I'm trying to operate in the boundaries of not spending money that I don't already have versus putting $75 into my credit card, which would have been the smart move, and then next month going, oh, crap, now I need to spend $50, and I'm going to put it on this card that I'm trying to pay off. I think that would have messed with me psychologically is that a convoluted enough answer no that's actually a perfect answer because i i think you address an important topic there and that is you know you you had already earmarked that money for spending so to take it so even though you didn't spend it to take it away and say oh well i'm going to pay off debt with it is almost backtracking or you know feels like a negative because you you had that money available to you and now you're you're taking it away right uh so i I totally get that but you are absolutely right in that scenario from a a strictly financial perspective paying off the debt first would have been the the more practical approach um but that's I think the the point the important point you're addressing is that's not the only consideration here because you know we're all people and we have to do what works best for us along this this process. Right. I, I really couldn't agree more. If if you are the person like if you if you are Sean's brain and you've just <laughs> never been exposed 
to these numbers before and have somebody explain this to you and go, you know, it makes way more practical sense if you do this. Oh man, it's never been explained to me that way. I'm on it. Then that's perfect. And for me, me personally, and that's why I want to stress that because I, I really do think everybody's different and maybe somebody would have been able to tackle it better than I would have. But for me personally going, I, I am making this progress and feeling like that's being taken away from me or, or just separating it in the way that I did where this is the money I'm spending per month no matter what because I'm paying off debt and then this is the extra money that I've made that hopefully will go towards getting to this other goal of getting a month ahead was really important to me, especially because I now stress how big of a difference that made to me personally, psychologically, to be able to look at this next month and go, this is how much I have this month, this is how much I have for these categories, period. Then you can make the choice ahead of time and go, this is money I'm actively taking out of my rent to go pay for this movie I'm going to rather than strictly paying attention to it through the money that you just paid off on your credit card. I think that was important to me too to gather to make those steps happen for me. Yeah. No, that's fair. Whew, man, this this went from scuba stuff to me getting all deep. I wasn't expecting that. that was, right? That was, oh, oh, wait, because we went, we went deeper like, uh, yeah. like you would if you went scuba yeah. diving. <laughs> You've been reading too many dad jokes. You, you read too many dad jokes. <laughs> We hit we hit credit scores, we hit credit cards, we hit the different interest rates, we hit how if you're on the right track, you can use those smaller interest rates like consolidation like we were talking about to help benefit the process and how it's worked for me personally. It's not just a concept I've heard about, it's, it's directly worked <laughs> for me. And uh, you know, it would have worked for Sean if he wasn't this uh, with with money out of the gate. <laughs> I promise you, it would have worked. <laughs> oh man! But, but those yeah. are some of the topics I'd like to address in more detail in the future. Is you know, credit scores, credit how cards, your, how your yeah. God's gift to numbers. That's what you want no, to discuss no, in the future. No, we don't oh. need to dwell on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, I mean, then we'll we'll touch on some of the future things. I, I think this is a this is a good broad strokes, good way to approach. You got your expenses. Here's your next step. I, I think yep. that's that's a great way to go about it. Uh, thank you again for joining us today, here where you are forcing sound into your brain, and uh, I I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to want to go out of the way to better yourself because I, I think that's something that still falls away and kudos to you for going out of the way to do that. So thank you for joining us on The Truth About Investing. My name is Chris Holling. I'm Sean Cooper. And we will have you join. How have I still not figured this out? We're like 14 episodes in, 13, 15 episodes. Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. 
The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Halling is not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Halling represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond its author's intent, distribution, or copying of the contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal accounting or tax advice and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or their representatives, the consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Um... Dad joke, dad joke, dad joke, dad joke, dad joke, dad joke, dad joke. I think eventually I'm going to start running into some repeats. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Why do bees hum? Why? Because they don't know the words. Oh, see? Okay, hang on, hang on. I was going backwards. Why can't your thumb be 12 inches long? Don't know. Because then it would be a foot. <laughs> that well took played. me a minute. <laughs> well played. <laughs> that took me a minute. I like that. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I guess if if there was a foot and your foot had thumbs, that doesn't make sense at all. Um, <laughs> okay. The, uh, the rotation of the earth really makes my day. is in fact your day <laughs> that joke was funnier than you acted <laughs> <laughs> I don't know sometimes I think people's responses are funnier than the jokes themselves <laughs> I like that one that, that, I'm, that's good yeah I don't even I don't even care I don't care who you are that's funny right there <laughs>
we'll we'll catch you we next need time to set up just like a whole podcast that you it's you it's, out different yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be 30 minutes of me going and welcome back to the no and and next time we will have a <laughs> same same bat time same bat channel where <laughs> it's just gonna be terrible. i'm just glad you don't make me come up with it so we're good yeah well you know what you keep getting lippy with me and you're gonna be the one that's coming up with it that's, that's just gonna <laughs> <laughs> i'm